0: following is a presentation of ksl sports first and 12 a total roundup of this weekend's byu football and the new look big 12 conference first and 12 is sponsored by macy's grocery store your hosts are mitch harper and alex keery on ksl news radio and the ksl sports zone All right, everybody,
1: welcome on in. It's another edition of First and Twelve right here with you on a Sunday morning and an afternoon, or wherever you are listening to your podcast. Alex Curie, Mitch Harper, KSL News Radio, and the KSL Sports Zone. You can hear us both there, uh, but the full breakdown of the Big Twelve and a weekend that was it may be the wildest conference in the country. As I said, Alex Keery, Mitch Harper, our BYU insider for KisselSports.com, and, of course, host of Cougar Sports Saturday and Cougar Nation on KSL News Radio. Mitch, how was game day, man? BYU gets a dub 27-14 over Texas Tech. The second time these teams have ever played each other was 83 years
2: ago. The last time Cougars get a win, man. First time big, ever against Texas Tech. Big bounce-back win, and this league continues to show us how wild and crazy – it is. It's, it's just the most entertaining league, I think, in college football because you just never know what can happen. And, man, we've got a loaded week to unpack with all the, the near upsets, the big win for BYU, and then also maybe a little expansion commentary from Brett Yormark. So oh boy. jam-packed show, as, as always, here on First and 12.
1: So let's get things started, as we always do, with all the biggest headlines across the entire conference. It's our Big 12 headlines. Let's jump in right here. <laughs> 12 headlines.
0: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. The dozen storylines that shape this week of Big 12 football. Headline 1. Oklahoma
2: escapes an upset bid from UCF on the prairie. Man, UCF was a huge underdog in Norman, but they gave Oklahoma everything they can handle. The Sooners escape with a win and remain undefeated. Yeah, and you know, I didn't get
1: give much thought to it because I watched the first couple series, and Oklahoma was just eating those guys up in the backfield, and suddenly UCF turned it back around. And guess what? Headline two is John Rice Plumley is back as a quarterback. That guy. I mean, this is this is somebody we we got to chat with at Big Twelve Media Day. And when, the, when he's not playing for this team, they were totally different. And I'll tell you, that was a fun game in Norman today. And they were that, that two-point conversion, maybe just a bad offensive call on that two-point conversion being away from tying that thing up. But an exciting game in Norman. And maybe UCF has a little bit of life in this thing, Mitch.
2: It definitely ignited a little more hope down in Orlando for the Knights. Headline number three, Texas holds off an upset bid from Houston and survives, but... When Ewers gets injured in the game. He left the game in a sling, so could be seen Malik Murphy potentially if, if Ewers is out. Just skip it. Let's go straight to Arch Manning, all right? <laughs> Look, we're all, everybody's waiting
1: for it. Everybody wants to see what's going on. True. Yeah, he's probably not ready, but you're right. Headline for Houston, fourth and inches. They blow it versus Texas. I, I, I'm telling you, Texas and Sark were rolling in the first half. No problem. They were pushing... They were pushing Houston around like nobody's business. They do a fake field goal. It ruins everything, all the momentum. And then Houston scores right before the half is over. Suddenly it's a 21-14 game of the half. And then they came out and they scored. I mean, Houston, I mean, we already know that stadium was garbage and Texas wasn't going to play there and they forced them to play there. It was all sorts of fun. But, yeah, you know, Houston, Holgerson going back, trying to get aggressive, can't do it against a Texas defense It's way more talented than yours. So it, was a, it was bad it was a bad it was a bad miss and I was I was kind of bummed because uh, you know at the one on the one hand I want Texas to still be rolling a little bit when uh, BYU goes down to Austin next week which uh, they snuck out of uh, Houston with a win.
2: When Holgerson smacked the ground on that fourth down, which there was a questionable spot. I mean, it wasn't yeah. it looked like it was a little bit short, but you, when he hit the ground, that was kind of probably the collective reaction down in Irving at the Big Twelve offices because you know they wanted the newcomers uh. probably to take down <laughs> either Oklahoma or Texas. Headline sure. number five, BYU bounces back and takes down Texas Tech. We'll have a in depth breaking breakdown on, on the Cougs coming up a little bit later, but had five takeaways in the win over tech.
1: Yeah, and headline six is that Texas Tech and Joey McGuire. I like this guy a lot. I just don't know how much the people in Lubbock are going to like it when you have that type of a record. They're now three and five on the season. He's going to have to get that team going during the bye week. Try to figure some things
2: out there for the uh, for the Red Raiders. A lot was discussed about Baylor making changes on the offensive side. It was orders from the AD, Mac Roads. Well, the changes look to be a more pass-heavy attack. They get a 32-29 win over Cincinnati, and Blake Shapin had a nice day through the air. That can't be good news for uh, for old Grimy,
1: can it, when they go, hey, let's start throwing the football a lot more there, buddy. He's like, okay. (laughs) I mean, mean, my background is running the football, but sure, we'll go and throw it. Why not? Well said. Uh, Headline eight, Cincinnati remaining winless in the Big 12. I mean – I mean, I hate I hate this for BYU fans who are hoping that Cincinnati we going to win out the rest of the way. But they're five game. What are they? Are they in a five game skid here, Mitch? Is that what's going on with the Bearcats? Yeah, two and five overall, and zero and four in Big Twelve play. Oh my goodness, they're not they're not good. Ollie Gordon running wild against uh, uh, against West Virginia. How about Oklahoma State looking maybe like one of the best teams in the conference now? After we had written them off. Uh, you can repent later, Mitch, for
2: all the bad things you said about Mike Gundy's program. 29 carries, 282 yards, four touchdowns for Ollie Gordon. I think he might be the offensive player of the week in the league. That was a heck of a performance from Ollie. And then number headline number 10, Kansas State destroys TCU 41-3 to in a Big 12 championship rematch. And K-State gets the upper hand in, again emphatically in Manhattan. I don't know what to think about this team, (laughs) and that's headline number 11.
1: TCU, who are these people, Mitch? Weren't Weren't those the guys that looked like they had everything together? I mean, Josh Hoover was talking smack to BYU guys last week after he threw for almost 440 against those guys, and then this week they were the ones who got embarrassed. I don't know what's going on in this league. I just blame the month of October and this league being just an
2: absolute wild west, man. TCU is now 4-4 four and four on the season, 2-3. and three. It's going to be very interesting when we unveil our Big 12 power rankings where they land. And headline number 12, we kind of go away from the on-field talk to some off-the-field. Brett Yormark, he remains silent on any conference expansion talks, additional talks, coming out of Hoops Media Day. You buying that at all, Alex? Do you think Brett Yormark's going to be staying standing still on realignment?
1: I have no idea because I wonder if – because if it's only a basketball situation, then it's a little bit different of a rollout, right? And your timing is different, and you know, obviously, I don't know. I don't know if UConn's in that mix anymore. I'm sick of hearing about Gonzaga. It's like, just don't. Just Same call here. me when call me when something gets figured out. And I almost don't want to see UConn ever in a football scenario in the Big Twelve. But here we are.
2: BYU basketball. Uh, BYU basketball coach Mark Pope told me in an interview, one on one that I had with him. He said. We're going to be rolling out something in a couple of weeks that you'll hear about. And I said, Mark, uh, are you telling us that is coming to the Big 12? <laughs> he said, you'll find out in a couple of weeks. I go, wow. uh, Mark, are you telling us something? So we shall see what happens with Brett Yormark, who seems to have an affinity for yeah. the Zags.
1: That's for sure. You know, it's going to be like some sort of like sunglasses sponsorship or something. <laughs> And we're going to be like, all right, all this when something else happens. All right, <laughs> there's your big, there's your Big 12 headlines uh, on first and 12. Let's jump out to a break here. We will come back. And we will jump in uh, fully on this BYU and Texas Tech breakdown as BYU goes to 5-2 and two on the season. I just keep saying it just because it sounds so much better than actually just going through after we did last week, wondering what was going on uh, with BYU. So we'll jump into that and much more. You'll, you'll hear sound from Kalani Satake. You'll hear sound from across the conference as well. It's all coming up. It's our first and twelve right here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone, Alex Curie. Mitch Harper, right back after this. Stay with us.
0: Can't get enough BYU football. Listen to Cougar Nation. Mitch Harper takes your calls Monday nights from six to seven on KSL News Radio. Podcast at kslnewsradio.com. I
2: expect some happy callers tomorrow night as BYU oh, yeah. gets it done over Texas Tech 27 to 14. Mitch Harper. Alex Curie today though. On 1st and 12, a Big 12 football roundup. And, Alex, today's show is brought to you by Basie's Grocery Store. Happy shopping. And Cougars, their fans, embody happy right now because that was a much-needed win yesterday over Texas Tech.
1: Hey, uh, I'll tell you, too, it was a it was an absolute victory for the Cougar Tail, the special edition Cougar Tail, <laughs> Yes, with the bacon pieces on it. Tremendous. Uh, a huge, huge moment. It was such, it was so good. And I'll tell you, so my kids ate one. They said it was great. Uh, I t- happened to take a bite and I said, uh, wow, I'm actually surprised. And I told you this is a hundred percent better than the chocolate option that they gave last year that they <laughs> rolled out. It was like, Oh, we're just going to put some, oh, We're going to put some chocolate frosting on it. It's like, step it up, step your game up. We're inviting all these people from, from the South. They're going to be like, Hey, just, oh, you made it a big chocolate donut. That's cool for you guys. Like we put it, a bacon on it, and uh, and you know what? They're, that means they're taking it seriously at uh, at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I, uh, you know, at some point I did hear tale that they had run out, uh, and so there were some unhappy fans, which to, to which I responded, "You can bring your own bacon next time to the stadium. Sneak it in." <laughs> Sprinkle it on the old donut, and there you got yourself uh, you got yourself a little bit of a meal there. That was a highlight for one of my kids. So I'm just telling you that's a, that's how it works with the, with that. But uh, yeah, the fans were loving it, man. It was homecoming. Not that that means anything anymore for uh, for folks, I don't think. But uh, yeah, huge win twenty twenty seven to fourteen, and the way that somebody told me they go, dude, they kicked those guys butts, and I said, yeah, they kind of did. But they could have done it a lot better. Like, they could have really kicked these guys' butts. I and mean, it was kind of funny because, um, I, I mean, there were so many left opportunities out there. I hate to go full negative, but the cynic in me and the guy who's critical watches the offense in the second half, Mitch, and when it was 24-7 to at the half, I thought, nice and efficient in the first half. But, man, it was just so many three and outs in that second half and so many attempts at just throwing the ball three times in a row that was really disappointing too.
2: It's amazing how BYU wins games this year. Yes. It, it's just it blows me away and how often they're doing it at a 5 and 2 record. And they were outgained in total yards 389 to 277. Yeah. Time of possession, they closed the gap a little bit at the end there, but it was a, a sizable edge to Texas Tech and it didn't matter. The, the thing that's nice about BYU this year, Alex is that they have a defense that can create takeaways and when the if the BYU offense is simply Takes care of the football and doesn't cough it up. Keaton Slovis nearly did in that first half. Ooh, but if yeah. they take care of the football, they're going to be in a position to win a lot of ball games against you know average teams. And I think Texas Tech is near the bottom of this conference. Maybe that's a spoiler alert with the Big Twelve power rankings <laughs> coming up. But I think that you know Tech, BYU capitalized and they they got playmakers on defense that hasn't happened for a few years on this in this group. So if the offense just takes care of the ball. They'll be in a spot, despite their issues to you know put the foot to the gas and finish a team off, uh, they can still win some ball games, uh, even though they're outgained quite often in, in these wins. It's become a habit,
1: right? Like at this point, every game that they've had a win, you and I seem to be sort of jamming about how they're not just outgained a little bit, but, like, by, you know, pretty pretty good chunks. You know, usually over 100 yards they're being g- outgained by. But it's not just – and it is, like you said, the time of possession made it look like it was a little bit closer than it actually was. I think you get a better idea when you see, again, how many plays, how many more plays Texas Tech ran during the game, 80-57. to 57. We've seen that in so many – basically every win they've had, uh, maybe save the Sam Houston – or no, the SUU game – you just you see them being out or you see them being out gained you see them being uh, the the opponent has more first downs the third down issues were not really solved this week mitch that's the other thing i think i think uh tech ended up nine for 18 i know that uh jay hill's not going to be super excited about that number because they talked so much about how trying to figure out that third down situation and so uh, there are things that definitely they're going to want to work on and there's stuff that they can definitely go hey we got to get better at X, Y, and Z. But at this point, you kind of go, I don't know, this is the habitual for them. Have you ever, though, Have you? I don't remember the last time BYU had a plus-five takeaway game against anybody since I've been alive. I don't really remember uh- a game like that.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I mean, I remember that Utah game in 2016. They had six takeaways on Utah, but they also gave up, I think, three or four. Right. Uh, it, it's it's not often where they're plus five. I'd have to go back in the archives. And then you you add to the fact that how many times has BYU won a game where they only have 15 passing yards in a half? That was the second half for BYU, Jeez. yet they still won the game. They only had 78 yards total. On offense in that second wow. half, there was a stretch in in five five drives. Four out of the five drives, it ended in three and out, and it looked like it was going to be five out of six until Aiden Robbins pulled out a first down on third and 13. Right. A conservative play call, and he and he hammered it down and, and got the win for BYU. But, uh, you know, I just think this is what it is with BYU. They're, they're not going to win pretty as they continue to fill out this Big 12 conference. But, man, what a what a great way to, to kind of a filling out a game and get a nice win at five and two and win by two possessions. I mean, it's not pretty, but that's just what BYU is this year. I I feel like Keenan Slovis has not looked great again, but he, he took care of the ball, and, and that's all you can really ask for at this point for this team, and just find a way to get wins as you're one step closer to getting bowl eligible. Uh, has the run game been solved? Then can you go
1: ahead and just re- put that check mark next to it? Everything's all good with the run game now, Mitch. Is that how you feel?
2: I feel like the offensive line took a huge step forward, huge. and I think it's just it's nice that. Everyone is in the place that they should be in for the beginning of the year. Connor Pay at center, Paul Miley at left guard, Waylon Lapoaho at right guard. It feels like this is what it should have been from the get-go. And they, they were physical at the line of scrimmage because Texas Tech, you know, you think high-powered offenses with them, but their best NFL draft prospects are McFarland at uh, defensive tackle and that edge rusher number seven the BYU contained them. I mean, they got some shots in on Slovis, and even Slovis looked like he kind of was nursing his left hand a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that, but... Uh, you know, he he keeps getting back up, and I thought the O-line did a really good job, and I think the the running backs stepped up and, and took advantage of of the opportunities when there was holes there. I mean, L.J. Martin goes to 93, Robbins for 49. You'll take that. As compared to what they were where they're averaging about 60 yards a game, I right. think that's a huge step forward and a com- much-needed confidence boost for BYU in this game. And it was a chippy game too, Alex. I mean, this was a thing going back and forth. I mean, you know, in the post game, Tyler Batty, defensive end, if you remember, he had a heck of a game too. Batty, I thought, had one of his best performances this season. But he, in the first half, a Texas Tech player spit on him, and I asked him about that exchange, and he kind of revealed some additional uh, details about kind of the chippiness between Texas Tech and, and BYU.
3: Um, I, I bull rushed one of those. It was field goal, um, and I just pancaked one of their one of their offensive linemen laying on top of him I get up and this dude just comes out of nowhere just starts saying all sorts of stuff and then spits in my face um and then honestly actually to end the game as well uh their right tackle 76 did the same thing after Josh Singh made that tackle um just uh yeah came up and I was like hey man you know like good game and he just beep 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 so they were playing the right way they were they were pretty they were pretty upset throughout the game so you know We'll take advantage of
1: that. Ew, two times you get spit on during the game. Oh. That is disgusting, bro. Well, but listen, uh, I always love when guys come after you after you've just beaten them, you know, and, and, and you kind of go, hey, uh, I mean, all they have to say is just a bunch of nasty words, to you, and then maybe they spit on you. But, yeah, uh, I was wondering, too, because I didn't know what had happened. When I see the guy walking off, I'm going, what is going on here? And then later it was when I saw the replay uh, on uh, on TV of them tossing him out, but you didn't really get a good definitive uh, when he when he got spit on. But interesting going through the uh, the good game line. Somebody spits on you again. I will say from a rushing standpoint, I know it's not totally fixed. Like, he's, like I was saying that facetiously, but 150 yards on 30 carries—that's five yards per Mitch. Yep. Like that's by far their best their best game, not just overall, but it just it was so much more consistent. And I think that's why it was weird in the second half because you had all those three and outs because they went to the air uh multiple times in a row or they would decide to run it on at third and nine or a third and 13. You know at least Aiden Robbins converted on that but they had these these moments where they're like let's throw it on first and second down and you're going well, one, they're incomplete passes, and they're stopping the clock, and it's like, aren't you trying to chew up the clock a little bit? So that that was stuff that I think was frustrating from a a, a play call standpoint. That uh, people certainly in our post game last night uh, were going after A Rod, uh, <laughs> you know, about about some of those calls. But you know how people are when you win the game. There's still a little bit of a, of a of a backlash from fans when they when they find the negative stuff. But overall, stuff that they can work on. But they still won by double digits. It's crazy. A plus a, on top of all that, Mitch. It's also a game that they were dogs. They were underdogs, yeah, and they just keep doing the same thing again. Underdogs, uh, not going to be. They're going to be outgained. They're going to be out-possessed. Uh, they're going to be outplayed in terms of how many plays they run, and they'll still win the game. And in this case, like they did against Cincinnati, double digits. There you go. And
2: I think too, this felt like the first, uh, you know, at home at least, the first real Big Twelve game. And maybe now with that element of Batty, Batty, you know, allegedly getting spit on at the end. Uh, you know, maybe this is going to be the beginning of something kind of fierce and nasty yeah, between two Big 12 teams. Maybe this is going to be the juice needed. No longer this, you know, everyone's kumbaya, happy, happy-go-lucky. Everyone's just honeymoon Listen, phase with BYU. Maybe this is now the nastiness coming out.
1: Uh, Mitch, I love that you've worked in the newsroom enough to say the alleged spitting incident between Texas Tech and BYU.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the dude spit
1: on him. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it oh, yeah. It, it happened. I mean, what allegedly the way the Batty corner, reacted
2: like, to in the first half, you just knew something, you know, something I thought crazy it was, happened. I thought it was interesting because it didn't seem like the
1: referee saw it. Yeah. But he just kind of was like, what? And he's like, look at my face. There's spit on it. And then they toss that guy, and then uh, he gets it again at the end. All right, so there you go. Uh, we're going to take another break. We'll come back. Let's listen to some Kalani Satake on the way back. Uh, and we'll listen to what his postgame comments were. And it is. It's a mix of some of the good, bad, the ugly, and and it's, I think, a kind of a head coach's dream in the sense that you had all these takeaways, all this stuff going on, and yet there's things to work on. Kalani talks about that. All of this on 1st and 12 brought to you by Macy's. Freshest fruits and vegetables. You only should go to Macy's to get all of that. Happy shopping at Macy's. Who brings you 1st and 12 every week? All right. Uh, we'll take the break here. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. 975 The KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio at first and 12.
0: The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the New Look Big 12 conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keary on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone.
2: Good vibes for BYU today. A lot better than last Sunday. Cougs bounce back, got a big win over Texas Tech, twenty-seven to fourteen. And we're breaking it down here on First and Twelve. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery, here on KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Head coach Kalani Satake, He shared his breakdown of the game, getting that big win over the Red Raiders.
3: What I'm looking at is like we need to do better. Uh, I think that uh, you know mentioned before other than the turnovers I like that we were able to get turnovers but um, third down uh, on offense and defense that we can be better so we need to uh, sustain some some third downs get first downs but uh, I think we did enough to win the game I think we had it too dramatic at the end Um, uh, we had some opportunities to make plays and and I I thought whenever you force how many time uh, turnovers there was five turnovers right and uh, and we were able to get out of a couple, a uh, couple fourth downs. That's a good sign. Uh, but I, I keep thinking about the plays that we left on the field, the ones that actually turned into interceptions, and those are easy—just catch the ball. And, and, and uh, when you getting those opportunities, those gifts, uh, you can't, can't let they can't squander them. And so, um, over, I thought we tackled well. I thought, uh, for the most part, there's a few things that we could fix. I, I think the uh, missed assignment gave, gave them a big play on the on the touchdown, the first touchdown, and. Uh, but the guys' effort and their, their resilience, especially on defense, uh, allowed us to get this win. Uh, still a lot of room for improvement in uh, all three phases. Uh, but, yeah, we'll take the win, we'll build on it, and then uh, look forward to playing our best next week when we get to, to Austin, Texas. So I'll take any questions you guys have. Kalani, you've talked all season about wanting more takeaways. So seeing a game where you get five official and you mentioned the turnovers on downs, it's got to be rewarding to see the defense get get that many, you know, that that many uh, takeaways yeah and and, i mean i'm happy about it i want to see more disruption you know it's just jay does too and so we we know that there's guys still getting used to the scheme getting used to the system and so there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of plays that we could have made still um that that the 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 call was set up perfectly for the throws that they gave us and the plays that they gave us and we didn't we didn't uh, capitalize on it. So I thought we could have had more, believe it or not, you know, disruption and turnovers and at least get the quarterback without – get off its timing so we can maybe generate some sacks and things like that. But the guys were were active. Um, they flew around, uh, caused, uh, caused Texas Tech to hold us a few times, and uh, those were big – they saved us because uh, they are big plays, you know. So um, that's the game of football, but I, I think if you have great effort and you – you work really hard, that it's gonna, things are going to work out in your favor. And glad that they called those holding penalties because they're holding, but uh, you, you want your guys to always work hard and, and have it pay off when you, when you give the effort. And so that, that was a good thing for us, a fortunate for us. I, I, there's a lot, still a lot of room to improve on. So that's, I keep looking at it, and uh, there's just not enough. I, I'm looking to play our best, but I'm happy about the win. But but I know we can play better than that, and that's that's the focus. But we'll keep building. We keep keep getting better and better. It's good to see Aiden back on the field again. Um, So we'll keep working. I know we're working on getting some guys healthy, Um, hopefully get Keebo back next week. And I know he wants to be ready for that game, heading out to to, to Texas, his home state. So um, what else? On offense, you know, like sixty-eight
1: yards in the second half. Yeah, was um, they kind of going conservative with the lead, or plays just weren't? I to look at
3: it, I think I think Texas Tech made some plays, and we got behind the sticks early on first down. Uh, a couple of plays that we had that made us lose way too many yards to make up, and then and then co- found ourselves in third and long, which is what we were trying to avoid. And then um, and then credit credit to Texas Tech, they made some plays. They made they they got pass up, got through our pass uh, uh, our pass protection a couple times, and. Um, just wish if we can if we can hang on just a little bit longer. Keen can make the throw. We can get some big plays because he he there are some real open wide receivers there, and uh, that's the risk of uh, what you you take on the blitz. And and we didn't we I think we were we're we're on the right guys. We just got to sustain the blocks a little bit longer, give Keen a little bit more time to to make plays. And that not not good enough. My answer is not good enough in the second half. And I know Aaron and the guys know they can play better than that.
0: Guys were flying around and
2: um, what was it by
3: his energy? Yeah, I mean, he does it on punt. He's on the shield. He's our punt captain, and so he, uh, yeah, he he, he flies. Around. This is what he does all the time. He's just wired that way. Uh, he's he's a kid from Payson that loves playing here and uh, loves being this close to home. And so I'm just I'm glad that he was out there to make place for us and um, and and that he made a difference on special teams, which is huge, you know. Uh, Granted that they got some returns that got up to him, I'd like to see the us handle the returns a little bit better. Um, really missed uh, having Marcus McKenzie out there. We gave some other guys opportunities, but um, hopefully we can get Marcus healthy and back back for next week too. Well, what areas did
2: you month. feel like you improved today from last week?
3: Well, I mean, we didn't get down. We didn't get down. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, I, I thought the I thought the energy and the belief with making plays was there, especially in the first half. First half was I thought it was a good half. Uh, not perfect, but. Uh, the guys played really um, sound in all three phases. And then the second half, we kind of, you know, like I said, credit to Texas Tech. They're they're trying to find a way to get back in the game. And just looking at the scoreboard and seeing a two-score lead when you're like, man, we have so many turnovers, so many opportunities that we should have capitalized on and just didn't do that. So i like to see us improve that and just kind of, I don't even really remember when we had Cincinnati here and then we had a bad snap. We could have ended that too. So it's, 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 you, can't, you can't let teams hang around in this conference. They're going to find ways to, to hurt you, and, and I don't want to learn that lesson. I think we can see it from other people. Let's let's try to find ways to close games out, especially when we, we have them where we want.
2: 16 carries for Aiden tonight. Did you expect that workload for him coming in, or was that higher than expected?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys can handle a lot of the runs. We knew that, that Aiden and LJ was going to get the bulk of the runs, um, but those guys are a good one-two punch, and then we threw in Dion in there, and he, he adds a little bit to the mix too. So uh, we feel good about that. the running back core. Uh, I don't know if, if the numbers will go one way or the other, but we know that we can rely on both those guys to take the bulk of the carries. Was, was LJ okay? Yeah, LJ's, LJ's okay, yeah. Are you pleased with the progress that you've seen from the run game? Yeah, I mean, what the struggles that you had earlier in the season. It didn't, it didn't I mean, we, we didn't finish the game on victory, which, which means that the running game is really effective and that you converted first downs, but we're close, you know. Um, third and long, and just giving the ball to Aiden, we've done that before, with Tyler. And so we. it was nice to see our guys be able to convert a first down in third and long when you just, they know you're going to run and we run the ball, and, and, and there it is, you know. But, um, yeah, the, the, we're, we're capable of doing that. I thought I thought we were on top of the runs. I thought everything was looking good in the run game. Um, it, it, there's still some room for improvement in every in every phase, and especially in the run game too. Didn't
2: see much Chase Roberts. Was he banged up uh, in the second half? What was his?
3: No, he's he's fine. I mean, I, I think uh, not, not, nobody's 100 percent right now, you know. But we're gonna we're gonna try to find ways to get better and 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 get fresh and and uh, make sure that we're ready to roll next week. But. I think some, some guys, they're ready when the number's called. and um, there's, he, he played quite a bit, though. Do you
2: feel like you've got some stability now safety with Slade and Wakely moving forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, thought, I thought other than the drop interceptions, Crew had a really good game. Um, and then I thought Slade played really, really nicely. And that, you know, we still have uh, ability to use Raider in there as well. So um, it's unfortunate we've had some of the injuries at, at that position, but it's good that we have depth there. I don't really need to test the depth out anymore. Through,
2: through seven weeks, do you feel like the offense has found its identity yet? And if so, what do you think it is?
3: Yeah, I, I think just do whatever it takes to win. But but uh, I think there's still room for, for improvement. I, I feel like um, on both sides of the ball, guys are still getting – we still have some new bodies and some new people to the to the scheme. They're getting used to it. They're starting to develop a uh, rapport with each other on on, on the line in, in in the passing game with the quarterback, and then on defense, understanding the scheme a little bit more. Um, Jay's not really happy about what we could have done on third down. He felt like there could have been some more uh, more plays to be made on on defense. And I know A Rod feels the same way, and I know K Pop feels the same way on special teams. So uh, we're good to win. Uh, we're excited about it. Uh, we, we know that we can play uh, football with these guys and 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 come out with a victory, but. Uh, there's still a lot of a lot of places that we can improve on, and I'm I'm excited to get to work on that.
1: Yeah, you notice, Mitch. I mean, I think that's a that's probably the best way that Kalani loves to end a press conference with. Got the win, he's happy, and then he goes, "We got a lot of stuff to work on." I think that's a head coach's dream, right?
2: Yeah, it, it really is. And to be five and two, you know, I think this is a great spot for BYU to be in. And guess, and the thing is too, Alex, and, and we'll get to it coming up a little bit later. But you go next week to to Austin, you got nothing to lose. I mean, you're going to probably be a three-touchdown underdog even if Quinn Ewers is out. And you got nothing to lose because there's still a belief that you're going to get to bowl eligibility. You got a lot of games after Texas, a whole month's worth. So you got opportunities. So just go loose and and just try to get better. And I thought BYU made strides, improvements in that win over Texas Tech. And I think that's – Kalani Satake's got to feel good about the response from his team, and he wanted a team that could handle adversity – well, he got a, you know, a resounding statement that, yes, they, they can held, handle adversity and bounce back in a quick way.
1: We'll take another break here. We'll come back with our game of the week. Speaking of Texas, uh, kind of fortuitous here that we'll be talking about the team that BYU, BYU will be kicking on next week down in Austin. Uh, yeah, so many more things to talk about here. We've got a ton for you. And next hour, you do not want to miss a very special edition it's like an after-school special, Mitch. It's like a <laughs> special edition of our Sound Roundup of the Big 12. We have something really fun for you that our producer Eric has put together that you do not want to miss. So stay right here, 97.5 KSL Sports Zone, and also on KSL News Radio.
0: It is first and 12. Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to KSLSports.com for exclusive columns by BYU Insider Mitch Harper. That's KSLSports.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of First and Twelve right here on KSL News Radio and on the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Sunday if you're listening to us in the morning or in the afternoon on KSL News Radio. Uh, But we invite you to download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can get yourself all sorts of. Fired up for the water cooler chat about the Big 12 and stuff going on. That's what I do love about a win like this, Mitch, that BYU got over Texas Tech yesterday is that it does, it fires the fan base back up again. And this is why conference play is so good too because if you win a conference game, you just absolutely flush that loss of the conference game at least the week before. You know, there might be some sore feelings of of still how bad of a beatdown that BYU got against TCU, but TCU turned it right back around and got their butts kicked this week. By Kansas State. I mean, it's a head scratching situation, but I love all this, man. I love I love that these teams are unpredictable. I love that they're all talented enough to be uh, to embarrass one another week in and week out. And you know what? I I said it during the game too. I was talking to somebody. I go, you know, BYU is a team that no team really looks forward to playing because they can be dangerous every week. And and that's what you got this week. By the way, first and twelve brought to you by Macy's, your local grocers who bring you the freshest fruits and vegetables macy's happy shopping am i estimating that right though mitch like the I, maybe i'm maybe i'm giving the big 12 more credit than it deserves maybe it's just a garbage conference that uh that everybody else is telling you how bad of a conference it is and they just don't know who to pick as as being good but uh certainly even this texas and houston game that is our featured game of the week was was a wild one
2: there, there's so many games and so many teams rather in this league that you know from you know, 20 to 50. I mean, it's just, that's just, it's fun to have toss-up football every single week. And I, I just, I feel like the the personnel in this league, in the starters, particularly on like, the front sevens, the running backs, there's just, there's good talent across the board. And there, there's enough balance in this conference where just anything can happen. And I, I just, I like that dynamic. And I feel like it's going to be, it's emerging as kind of this, you know, football fans' favorite conference because of that component. Because I think in college football, we've gotten so used to the same. Ohio State always wins. They beat Penn State. Georgia always wins against a nobody schedule. Bama always finds a way to escape. It's just the same thing over and over. But the Big 12 is kind of like this. What is going to happen every single week? And we saw it, as you know noted, Texas and Houston, our Big 12 game of the week. You know, everyone just thought Houston was going to get rolled. I mean, even Dana Holgerson's like, we'll take a shot at this and see what we got. And, man, they took a shot all right. They they roared back from a 21-0 deficit, tied it up, and it was 24-all. And they had a chance to, to take down the Longhorns. They were on the move. They were in the red zone. But then they stalled and uh, couldn't come up with the, that first down conversion.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think the biggest thing that comes out of this, especially that's uh, applicable to the uh, BYU fan who's listening, You have Quinn Ewers, who I don't know what it's going to look like. The guy was on the sideline with the sling. I don't know what his status is going to be for next week, but I couldn't imagine that. I mean, look, BYU's been taking on backup quarterbacks all season, it seems like anyway, with mixed results. And certainly if Quinn Ewers is out, they'd probably be like, hey, sit him against BYU. We're probably going to be two or three touchdown
2: favorites. But there were three touchdown favorites against Houston uh, yesterday too. Yeah. That's right, and and Steve Sarkeesian said last night in the post game that Ewers does have a hurt shoulder. They're going to find out more today, but he, he also added that, you know, Ewers tried to play through it. He was 23 of 29. He looked really good. Another efficient day for Ewers, but, uh, you know, Malik Murphy stepped in and, and did a pretty solid job, but, yeah, I, I just I, – I think that it was fun to see, and it gave hope too, Alex, for these Big 12 newcomers that – they're not just completely overmatched. And, and that was one thing I learned about BU was that they have made progress since Kansas, and Houston's made progress, and UCF settling, and they they gave Oklahoma a scare. I mean, Cincinnati's still trying to find its footing, but it was a battle with Baylor. I just think these teams are starting to kind of get a feel and, and get in a rhythm of, like, the physicality that comes in this conference. And, and it was just a, a good showing overall for the newcomers, even though most of it was losses. I just think that was something that was a good takeaway from those teams to to show well against programs that have been etched and, and, and just foundational members of the Big 12 from the beginning. There's that part of you, too, that goes, oh, shoot. Wish BYU could play
1: Houston this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Wish BYU could. You start looking around, and you go, wish BYU could, uh, uh, could play Houston this year. Really glad BYU doesn't have to play Kansas State this year. Uh, <laughs> or who knows, maybe it's a week that Kansas state doesn't show up. They've had a couple of those too. Uh, yeah, but Houston, I mean, man, they got athletes. I mean, that's the thing is they, they know how to recruit Dana Holgerson knows how to recruit. They, they might take a minute, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those guys that goes, I think Dana Holgerson is a pretty darn good coach. He's one of those guys that I just personally like, you know, like, I I, I've interviewed the guy a couple times. I really like the dude. And so it's, it's a hard thing for me. And I, and he's super smart. And he's also a football historian. Like, I just love that. When you talk to him, he goes, Oh, BYU, Mike Leach, Lavelle Edwards. Let's like, I mean, that's his kind of tree, right? I mean, so, so when he talks about those things, you kind of go, yeah, this guy fits in this conference right now, but yeah, Houston, uh, I know that they had a win against the Mountaineers last third, you know, two Thursdays ago, but You know, losing against Texas in a close one, no one remembers what the score is. They just, you know, in the end they just go, yeah, you lost that game
2: again, and you guys just weren't good enough again that week. I just hope for Houston that they don't let this loss sink them because this was a game that would have, I mean, Holgerson would have got a contract extension on Monday had he won. I mean, it would have been celebration. Right. They would have been they would have been talking about this thing forever had they won. And you saw the reaction from those fans; they were devastated. And it's rare when Houston gets a sellout, and a lot of that was burn orange. But I just think that that's the type of loss, being so close to taking down UT. They they can't now like spiral back to what they've been in the past this season and being just kind of an afterthought. Let they, hopefully they build on it and they can become a, a team that gets to a bowl and, and they're competitive because, you know, that's been one of the calling cards for this league is that they get so many teams in the postseason, then they have that massive payout to the teams. You want to get to those bowl games. So yeah. that's, that's, that's a motivation and confidence boost, I think, even though it was a loss for Houston going forward. Uh, by the way,
1: before we get out here, you can guarantee, mark it down, it'll take three generations before Texas and Houston ever play each other again. Am I wrong? Oh, it's –
2: yet. it's (laughs) going to be a century. It's never (laughs) happening again. You're
1: going to have to have a lot of people die and a lot of people who have written stuff in wills that say, never, ever, you (laughs) shall never – a lot of athletic directors who are like, you will never put those guys on the schedule ever again. So there you go. All right. We'll take another break. We'll come back. Our second hour is just jam packed full of a ton of sound and a ton of fun, uh, getting you ready for uh, the Big 12 and also getting you ready for the schedule for next week. Our power rankings, of course, though, that we do weekly in the Big 12, right around the corner. Uh, the movers and shakers, people who go to the bottom, people who start shooting up to the top. We've got it all coming up next, right here. It is first and 12, 97.5 KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Stay right here.